Welcome to Reuse on Replay with the Reusable Packaging Association. I'm Hillary McCutcheon with RPA. Our podcast features experts and leaders from around the reusable transport packaging industry in a conversation about reuse systems for the distribution of goods in the supply chain. Today, we're joined by Steve Statler of Williot. Williot's cloud platform connects the physical and digital worlds using its IoT pixel tagging technology, computers the size of a postage stamp. The company's vision is to expand the Internet of Things to include trillions of everyday products, including reusable containers, crates, pallets, and other reusable transport and consumer packaging. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, very nice to have you. And Hello, um, it's, yeah, it's great to be here. I think the work that you guys are doing is really important. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure and a privilege to, to be on your show. Thank you very much. We're really excited to talk about uh, Wilayat, and maybe we can start with just you know looking at your website. The the mission, safety, efficiency, and sustainability for trillions of everyday things is is kind of huge. It's pretty ambitious and and um, really great. So I'm wondering if you can just kind of tell us the story of the company and and the mission, and a little bit more about what you guys do. Yeah, it's a little uh, audacious and aspirational because really the Internet of Things is far from from that. Uh, At the moment, it's really the Internet of Expensive Things in terms of real connectivity to the cloud. Then we're talking about a few tens of billions of expensive things. And our aspiration is to connect uh, many more than that to go from, excuse me, uh, from billions to trillions and we believe that if we go from you know connecting cars and appliances and heavy machinery to plastic crates, cardboard boxes, primary packaging, clothing, that we have an incredible opportunity to change the world for the better, to address climate change, to improve food safety. And you know, I, I joined the company like uh, the second quarter of uh, its uh, founding. So the founders. Uh, three remarkable uh, gentlemen, uh, Tal, Yaron, and Alon, uh, had worked together before, and they actually pioneered the development of millimeter wave technology, which is one of the major things that makes 5G communications faster than 4G communications. And they founded a company with a very similar name to Williot. It was called Willocity, and the similarity is not an accident. It's sort of a, a lucky talisman carried forward from one uh, generation to another. Um, And and they were working on this super high-speed technology, uh, premium chips. And uh, long story short, they did the first implementations, started to build an ecosystem of some great uh, companies uh, that were working with them, and Qualcomm bought uh, Velocity, and that's how their technology ended up becoming ubiquitous as part of Wi-Fi and, uh, and the 5G standard. So uh, as part of these deals, when your company gets bought by Qualcomm, you, you kind of get bought as well. You go over to the new company and they did their two years. And Qualcomm's this amazing company, the largest mobile semiconductor company in the world. It was a great perch to look at, well, what do we do next once we've done our two years and handed the reins over to the team there? Uh, And they really decided they wanted to do the opposite. They wanted to democratize the internet of things um, and put uh, compute, connectivity, intelligence into all of these things, which were largely 
offline, even though IoT was coined by um, the RFID industry, that connectivity has, it's been inspirational, but it's kind of fallen short because it relies on pretty expensive infrastructure, handheld scanners that are maybe a thousand, fixed infrastructure that are $10,000, sometimes more. And so the result is snapshots of um, of, uh, of products, uh, be they pallets or machinery or inventory. And, and it's sort of almost like the old days of batch processing, the mainframes with uh, punch cards. And that really led the way. Uh, it showed us what automation could do. But if you're going to tackle the huge amount of waste and inefficiency, which I think is the opportunity that we have, you really need to have continuous uh, connectivity. You need to know where things are all the time. It can't be a, a daily stock check. Uh, when retailers and grocers are competing with Amazon, they need to be able to support multiple channels. They need to, to bring the, uh, the, uh, the online web world, the e-commerce world with the bricks and mortar world. And if you're going to do that, you need to know where everything is. You need to have accurate uh, stock counts, and you need to have complete transparency across the supply chain. Uh, and that's really what we're moving towards. And we think the opportunity is there to address the major problems of our time, uh, climate change being a, a key uh, part of that. I was just looking at uh, a United Nations a study on food waste that estimates almost half of the food we make is wasted. It's wasted. It depends on where in the world you are, where the greatest waste is, but it's throughout the entire supply chain. We are wasting products. And our view is if we can have continuous visibility, we can avoid that waste. And some of the things that we're already seeing with our first implementations is this ability to, uh, just by putting our tags on plastic crates, uh, and our tags are basically a computer the size of a postage stamp that uh, powers itself by harvesting radio frequency energy, uh, so no batteries, no connectivity, but an ARM processor, RAM and ROM, and uh, the ability to, to do pretty sophisticated things from uh, measuring temperature to uh, uh, even understanding if a plastic crate has got something in it or, or, or not, all for very small numbers of pennies. W when you get that visibility, then the kind of things that we're seeing you can do um, uh, include just looking at the flow of those pallets through a warehouse, through a, de a delivery system, and through a supply chain. And we're seeing things that no one's been able to see before, like... Um, is it really a FIFO first in, first out queue through the packing shed, through the warehouse? And it turns out it isn't because we're all human and we tend to grab boxes that are close by and things get left at the back. And, and so what you find is produce is spending a lot of time at suboptimal temperatures. Um, and even if it doesn't go completely bad, the shelf life is diminished. And so you know a problem in the packing shed or the distribution center can manifest itself in your fridge. And how often have you bought something and you thought you had a, a week to eat it and it starts to go bad? And what do you do? You throw it away. And we all feel guilty. We feel like it's 
our fault. And sometimes it is. And I think our technology can help with, with that, with better management of what's in your fridge. But very often, it's not your fault. It's because the uh, the, re- the retailer in good faith just didn't have visibility of what was going on in the supply chain. And with simple things that we all spend our times with, which is these plastic crates, uh, if we know where they are, if we know what temperature they're at, and if we know whether they're full or empty, we can do a huge amount to uh, optimize the supply chain, which basically feeds all of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we think about you know, how much time, effort and, and, and advancement, you know, everyone across the supply chain from manufacturers and producers through to retailers put into designing these processes and these sophisticated warehouses and systems and automation. And, and all of this, you know, if run optimally, um, is really going to, to do what it's supposed to do and, and reduce food waste, but, but without the visibility to really know if it's happening the way it's supposed to, um, it's, it's very hard to control and hard to optimize. So um, I think it's, it's a really, really important step forward. Um, and, and, you know, there have been, of course, over the years, you know, getting more and more advanced, a lot of different types of tracking, um, whether it's, you know, the clunky old, uh, you know, GPS trackers, um, which which are still used today, all the way to, you know, RFID chips that are embedded in, in different types of reusable crates and, and pallets. So can you talk to me? I mean, I understand that the size um, obviously is a big difference, but um, how is this different in terms of, you know, what it's enabling in the supply chain and, and what a difference it would make for um, those manufacturers or retailers? what they're using yeah. Today. Yeah. It, it, it's fascinating to me we see this trend across not just food but pharmaceuticals uh, uh, uh furniture uh, everything uh, where uh, it used to be that we were managing the flow of production the life cycle of a product at the SKU level um so it was uh you know courgettes uh, uh from a certain uh, area or it's um, uh, a, uh, a brown shirt uh, or a blue sweater. Um, but what's happening is a huge shift to serialization where there's a unique identity that is either being given to the product or the container of the product. And, and so knowing just generally roughly what you've got is no longer sufficient for many, many uh, reasons, uh, because there's uh, counterfeit, uh, there's issues with uh, um, authenticity, there's huge losses there. If you if you don't have a unique identity that's kind of burnt into the, the product or the palette, it, it's very difficult to optimize things. So one of the major trends that we see is this shift to serialization, which is non-trivial. And so, you know, why isn't everyone doing this? It takes time. Um, but the great thing is that in in the past, there was this bit of a trade-off between the environment and between uh, profit uh, and between people. And you were kind of, you, you, it's. I was kind of joking with um, uh, one of my marketing colleagues and she was saying, yeah, it's impossible to find a man who's good looking, tall, wealthy, and nice. You just can't, you know, you have to give up on one of those things. Uh, and it seemed like with the people, planet, profit, the triple bottom line, it was always a trade-off. Uh, and I, I, I'm really excited about where we are at the moment because um, I don't see it as a trade-off uh, because 
if you can move to serialization, which allows you to track where everything is, it gives you the basis of getting a digital passport to track where things are, then you can start to increase efficiency, you can reduce waste, you can avoid overstocking in one location, you can uh, avoid over, uh, uh, understocking in another, which gets in the way of sales. Uh, and so you're reducing the capital employed in your supply chain, you are um, increasing conversion rate of sales, and you're also reducing the expense of shipping products uh, around. And all of that is done as a result of um, a, a layer of technologies, which our industry, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are familiar with. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with RFID. And Williot's product essentially is assembled using an RFID process. It's uh, uh, we take chips and they're glued to an antenna and it's done at very uh, large scale using an automation process, using the same machines that are used to make NFC and RFID, but it's using Bluetooth. And everyone's familiar with Bluetooth. We carry it in our pocket. It's in our smart speakers. It's in our Wi-Fi access points. And, and so the tags that we make, these tiny postage stamp size computers, we no longer have to make the argument that there needs to be connectivity in the store um, or in the home, or even now increasingly in the warehouse, there's already Wi-Fi connectivity. And so a big part of the infrastructure, which had to be justified and very often got minimized to the point where it wasn't as useful as it should be, it's already there. The security work has already been done by the big grocery stores for that communication system. And so because what we're doing is essentially recycling um, common uh, sources of power, these radio waves from Bluetooth and uh, other frequencies, sub-gigahertz frequencies we can harvest from as well, and because we're using rails, uh, transportation that's already there, which is the Bluetooth infrastructure, I'm really optimistic that um, we can move forward quickly and we're able to reduce the cost of all this because a lot of what would have normally been done on one of these big bulky sensors that you were describing before is done either in a very miniaturized way, uh, you know, everything that was on that printed circuit board is now on the single chip that, that Williot has designed, but it's also done in the cloud. Uh, and that is a really, really important thing. If you have 50,000 crates all broadcasting simultaneously, that's potentially a tsunami of data that's flowing mm. into the internet. And unless you want a very large uh, um, cloud processing bill with uh, AWS or, or Google or Microsoft, you need to have software on all three tiers of a three-tier architecture in the bridges and gateways, as well as in the cloud to manage that, to manage the data ownership. So actually... Williot doesn't make any money from these postage stamp size computers that I was trumpeting about earlier on in this conversation. What we charge for is for the cloud services that manage the data, that uh, the, the kind of the, the traffic cops that uh, um, manage the flow, uh, that ensure privacy is maintained, that do a lot of the things that would typically be done on that big sensor, but do them in the cloud. A lot of our sensing is, is done in the cloud. And the key thing, you know, the reason why that's important is that it allows us to drive down the cost of that sensor from, say, $100 to just a few pennies. 
Um, and by putting a lot of what would be done uh, on that uh, device in the cloud, we only need to use it when it's being used. So the idea is these tags can go into crates and pallets, and even when they're not being used, um, they're ready to be used. And when you activate them, then you start paying for the cloud services at the time when you start to get the benefit of visibility of your supply chain and so forth. So that was a very long answer to your question, but hopefully you've kind of got a, a sense of how that uh, technology, the, the chip and the cloud are uh, applied and why it makes sense to leverage all these skills that are already out there, that we have an RFID ecosystem, we have a Bluetooth ecosystem, we have Wi-Fi connectivity, we have the cloud. We're just kind of reassembling those competencies in a way that we think is going to be really efficient and scalable. And that's how we're going to get from billions to trillions of connected things. And in achieving that scale, how we have a chance of making these um, this progress environmentally in, in more optimized uh, supply chains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, making this sort of visibility accessible um, from a cost standpoint and, and an implementation standpoint and a, and a privacy standpoint, I think is so important. You know, we have more and more companies, uh, thankfully, that are that are trying to move towards a more circular supply chain, trying to implement, you know, reusable, returnable packaging, whether it's you know, at the, at the uh, secondary packaging level, pallets and, and bulk containers, um, which of course the, the RPA is concerned with, but all the way through to consumer packaging, you know, which of course increases the number of these of these items. And so, you know, understandably a big concern is, well, if we invest in this, you know, these more durable, um, uh, longer lasting, you know, reusable packaging, how can we be sure we're going to get it back? How are we going to kind of get that, that ROI? So I think having, you know, something that's, that's easy to implement, that's, that's inexpensive, um, that can help them to track that can really help to um, enable that adoption a lot faster, um, which I think is, is a great step forward for our industry. So. Yeah, it's hard to justify the more robust pallet uh, or container if you don't if you can't track its its reuse, uh, and if you are starting to lose those things because you can't track them, then that's bad. So I think this uh, putting an, a digital identity that allows you to manage and measure is is super important, and it applies both in your kind of home territory of the plastic crate and the container and the pallet, uh, all the way to what we're starting to see, which is reusable packaging for everything from uh, toothpaste to uh, dog food to detergent. And there are some really interesting companies. Um, I We've been uh, talking with uh, the folks at Algramo for, uh, for a while. They're this really interesting Chilean company where um, they, they're working with uh, some giants, uh, Colgate, uh, Unilever, uh, to create reusable um, plastic containers that uh, are refilled. And the ROI is actually great on those as well, because you end up as a, as a, a CPG company, you end up getting loyalty and your cost, cost of customer acquisition goes down and you've got um, you know, a, a link with, there's a reason to come back, which is an environmental reason. And I also like it just at a human level, you, you start to get, uh, when you get loyalty, 
Um, there's some business benefits, but there's also some people benefits. You kind of go to the same place to get the containers refilled. And it's, I grew up in an era in England when there was a milkman coming around and delivering the milk bottles. And, you know, they were a part of the community. And so I think there's some benefits at multiple level on, on uh, reuse. And it's, it's great to see that that's the way things are going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're we're certainly excited about it, and um, excited to have you know companies like like Wilayat that are um, helping to advance you know and, and solve some of the um, some of the the challenges of of uh, tracking, which um, really helps to make these models um, much more economically viable, environmentally viable, um, and just better overall for for the supply chain and the planet. So we're we're excited to have you with us, and um, yeah, it's been been great talking to you. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks, Hilary. Uh, we're excited to be members. And uh, this is um, uh, when we were at the at the show in Las Vegas, it felt like we were home uh, amongst a whole uh, community of companies that are all working to do the same thing and and not having to make the trade-off between uh, people, planet, and, and, and profit. We can actually feel good about doing something for shareholders as well as uh, uh, everyone else that we care about. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> Well, great. Very nice talking to you, Steve. Thank you so much. All the best, Hillary. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.